Well, God bless you, everybody. Great to be here. Linda and I really appreciate being able to meet with you again and to recognize faces once more. Many times we've seen some of you, and we'll get to know more of you over the coming um, years, I know, because it's not going to stop this year. Hallelujah. Well, I've been asked to talk about forgiven so we can forgive. And so this is not the normal sort of prophetic input that you're going to get this morning, more of a pastoral type of thing and a teaching thing. Of course, I'm sure there'll be some preaching in there as well. Now, I am going to turn this around because I also want to make sure I can see a little bit up there, but I'm going to make sure that I can see it from over here as well. Okay? Fantastic. So let's just pray as we start this particular session this morning. Father, we do thank you for the wonderful forgiveness that you have poured out upon us through Jesus Christ. Such an amazing forgiveness that only God himself could bring it to us. We bless you for this forgiveness that no angel in heaven, no demon in hell can contradict or withstand. It is a forgiveness that is authorized from the highest place in Jesus' name. So help us to understand and to receive more and more of this as we continue together in Jesus' name. Amen. So forgiven to forgive. And you know you can only give what you've got. Hallelujah. So you've got to know this forgiveness. Whoops, let's put that out of the way. You've got to know this forgiveness in your own life. And in fact, the more that you have it, the more you can give. So if you're feeling besieged by people you need to forgive, hallelujah. Mm. God must have a lot of ideas for you as being a great forgiver of many. Jesus was filled up to the brim with the grace of forgiveness. God wants you filled up to the brim. As well. So, if God is indeed bringing to you many trials and many people coming your way, then it must be He sees a huge amount in you. He wants you to be not only someone who can forgive under duress, but to go out and extend His forgiveness to multitudes who've never received it, never heard about it. He wants you to be an on fire evangelist. So, don't just think of this as being an obligation, it's not, it's a ministry. It's a ministry, an outpouring of forgiveness from your life that everything you look at just has some grace imparted to it because of the Spirit who is in you. So let's just go to the next one. Jesus said, give us this day our daily bread. And I want to emphasize this as we start. This is a daily prayer. This is not something that you just think about once every month or once when you really feel condemned, all right? This is a daily prayer. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Never think that you can escape the need to request forgiveness. There is a thing I hear already in New Zealand that is saying now because grace is so abundant, you don't have to be conscious of your need for forgiveness, You and I need to maintain a humble position before God because God loves short accounts. He wants you to have short accounts because when we have long ones, we can't read to the bottom of the list. It gets too hard to cover all the stuff. It's so good to have a short account and make repentance your friend. Repentance is something we should live in. Repentance, according to the Greek, is metanoia. Metanoia means to have another mind, to think again, to actually exchange your mind for a far greater, more powerful, more pure and authorized mind from heaven. 
I love repentance. Repentance is not something you have to push me into. I live in repentance. And repentance is at the base of loving this forgiveness of God. If you're a forgiveness junkie, that's fantastic. doesn't mean you have to go dreaming up sins to confess. Don't get into that sort of nonsense. But listen, when you know you've blown it, step up to the plate, own your life, or take responsibility, and be a man or a woman, and don't be a wimp. Mm. You see, there's such a grace thing around the place that we're also filled with grace. You're now a marshmallow. We got to get beyond that. Grace is to make you a man or a woman of God. Mm. Take responsibility and be the person you should be. Now, this is what asking for forgiveness does. Let's go to the next one. So, if we say we have no sin, you're a liar. Hello? And the truth is not in you. It's so important just to be open and frank about this. We're all human beings on an experience. Hallelujah. And so, the truth is not as if we confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse you and me from all unrighteousness. So listen, if you're going to get into the forgiveness thing, remember this. Just saying, forgive me, doesn't end the story. God wants to do the cleansing as well. It's part of a thing to get you up to the place of Jesus. Not just in confession, but also in terms of your experience. God wants to so cleanse you that you and Jesus cannot be told apart. Am I speaking Japanese this morning? All of a sudden you look at me like I'm speaking Swahili. But this is English. Hallelujah. So God wants not only to forgive you, but he wants to be faithful to you to raise you up to the high standard to which you are called, to the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And so God wants us to press on, not just through a one-step thing, forgive me. He wants us to know how to be cleansed as we progress. All right? Let's carry on. Look, there are certain flags. Unforgiveness looks like this, and I guess it just helps us to state the obvious. It looks like bitterness, envy, gossip, malice, covetousness, wanting things that other people have, slander, uh-huh. spite, pining. Oh, I wish I had what I had before. You know, it was better in the old times. I want to tell you, all of this stuff produces a coldness in you. The Bible says that he or she who is forgiven much is a great lover. Mm. Don't you want to be passionate? Hallelujah. You know, we look at Paul. No, he wasn't immoral. He wasn't a drug addict. But he saw himself as the worst of sinners because he, he was a murderer. He persecuted the people of God. You and I should be quick to step up to the plate because then God injects his passion into your life. A person who is cleansed of sin has a lot of room for passion. Hello? But if there's a lot of boulders in the vessel, it's hard to really get everything filled. You and I need to get the boulders out. So, in fact, a passion can overflow. It's wonderful to be someone who is always seeking God for instant forgiveness when required. It keeps us on edge with him. So nagging, resurfacing negativity, blame shifting, all of these things freeze us up and they paralyze us. They really do. In areas where our emotions should be really hot and going and our minds should be sharp, we find a sludge comes on in. And when that sludge comes in, we, we don't know what it is, 
But there can be an unforgiveness operating in the background in our life. Are we angry at God or are we angry at ourselves or others? We need to ask that question. Because we can say, okay, I've got no problem with someone else. But if we see these things, these flags waving in our life, it could be we're even angry at God. It could be that we have a grudge against Him for making us who we are, for giving us this hard life, for putting me in this body. Hello? Blame shifting. The first step into true maturity is to receive forgiveness and give forgiveness. Hallelujah. Let's go to the next. Forgiveness is the first step in taking ownership of your life. The next one. Definitions of Greek language and the Hebrew really help us to understand this. So that as you see what the Greeks and the Hebrews were really meaning in the Bible, it will help you to understand forgiveness. So, Forgiveness is ephesus, which means freedom, liberty. Hallelujah. Want to be liberated? Want to be free? Want to get rid of the nagging, the blame shifting, the depression, the sense of unworthiness, the desire for other people's goods? To be your own agent, to take responsibility. This is what Freedom, this is what forgiveness gives to you. And to forgive, F-E-M-I, yield up, to remit, to send away, to separate. Don't you want to be separated from those negative things in your life? Or only me? Hello? Yeah? I, I want to be free from those things. I want to be a man or you want to be a woman who's just free to be God's agent and move like the wind. You hear the Spirit. There's no blockage. You move with the Spirit. You do what He says. And you don't have to worry about getting clobbered because you're free. You see, forgiveness is the freeing agent. It's the first step in the rocket launch of your Christian life. If you get forgiveness right, then the rest of your life is a clear trail. Amen. It really works this way. It really does. It's not just a sort of theological exercise. It's not spiritual psychobabble. This really happens in you by the power of the Spirit of God. So next one, please. So here we are forgiven to forgive. Look at the fruit of forgiveness. Reconciliation. Peace. Harmony. Whoa, clarity of mind and thought and emotion. Emotional intelligence. You know, people say that your EQ is, is more important than your IQ. You know, if you've got the emotions sorted out, you get on well with people. And in this life, it's who you know even more than what you know. Because someone else may know the what, and they can help you with the who. <laughs> Amen. Healing. And wholeness. This comes from true forgiveness. Forgiveness has wonderful fruit. Let's have a look at the next one. The fruit of unforgiveness. Oh, instead of reconciliation, revenge. Have you ever found people who were, whose life is one of vengeance? Man, they're sharp and sour and you don't want to be near them. Instead of peace is contention. Instead of harmony, everything is in discord. Uh -huh. Instead of clarity, confusion, and then emotional imbalance, sickness, disease, and dysfunction. Sound good? Who would like that? Who wants the, that column? Of course you don't. I mean, isn't this really making forgiveness appealing? 
Don't you want to get as much forgiveness into the system as you can and give out as much? You know, you don't want to be a dead sea that just receives and clams up because nothing grows around that sea. But when you receive, be the Sea of Galilee that having received, pours out into the neighboring desert and becomes a place for fishermen and fish and activity and merchandise and whoa. Yeah, of course you do. Amen. This is great stuff. Next one, please. So this is heaven, and that hell should be underneath there. Fruit of forgiveness is heaven. And the fruit of hell should be under there. You know, forgiveness marks the difference between heaven and hell. That's it. You don't have to wait till you die to get into either place. You're starting now. Whoa. Whoa, you know, this is a training ground for your next destination. So what is the trajectory of your life? Where are you going? I know you're going in the right place. I know I'm singing to the choir. Hallelujah. Amen. But let's do it even more. Let's get right into place so we're living that out today in this place in Kerry Kerry. All right? Hallelujah. It's the difference between heaven and hell and God wants you to make heaven in New Zealand now. He wants you to do that. And you can do that by forgiving just as you've been forgiven. So forgiveness is the difference. Yes, hallelujah. Be f- between freeing and developing societies and ravaged ones. You know that Christianity is the only one that offers true forgiveness? Hinduism says there is no sin. There's no forgiveness. Hello? Islam says... That there is no forgiveness if you if you do an act against God, against Allah, or against others. Revenge is mandated. I live in a partly Islamic country. I know. Hello. You'll find that countries that thrive, that have built trust together, know about forgiveness. They're built on the Judeo-Christian ethic, and so our lives need to really demonstrate the power of forgiveness at a whole new level. Next one, please. So our text is going to be about the paralyzed man. And you can find it there. Now, when the Bible gives two or three witnesses, you know it's saying this is so important. Do not miss the statement. Don't miss what God is really wanting to share. So in all of these places, we'll be quickly following this through. And the important verses or words I've typed up there. Jesus said, my son, rejoice. Your sins are forgiven you. There's a paralyzed man who comes to Jesus. He doesn't know what to do. He's filled with fear. He doesn't know how to get close to Jesus at all. But when he does, with the help of friends, Jesus says, my son, Be courageous. Rejoice your sins. Do you know that joy is a natural expression of being forgiven? It is. Sometimes we're looking for joy, but we're all clammed up with bitterness. How can you do that? How can you draw from two wells at once? It's impossible. And so God wants us to understand that to be truly joyful, get rid of that sting of sin, that sting of unforgiveness in your life. And the others who were looking on, all the Pharisees, scribes, lawyers, and so on, says, who can forgive sins but God alone? And that's very true. For once in their life, they told the truth. That's true. Well, that means we have an amazing salvation. 
Because when even the enemy recognizes that truth, and you know you've got it, hallelujah, you have got something of precious eternal value. And then Jesus responds, the Son of Man has authority and power on earth to forgive sins. Notice he doesn't say the Son of God. Notice that he doesn't say the Son of Heaven. He says the Son of Man. You see, Jesus came as a man to demonstrate what you and I should be doing. He came modeling the very power of the Father so that you and I too could have this same power because this chapter ends with the crowd saying, we are amazed that God has given such power to men. Hallelujah. You are to be in the same league as Jesus Christ. You are a, a person, a human being, a man, a woman. And you are to bring the same authority that not only heals, but sets people free from sin. You see, healing is very often on the other side of forgiveness. Not just ordinary healing, but shalom, wholeness, totality of being, freedom of heart and mind. Mm. Am I the only person wanting this? Mm, of course I'm not. You guys are in there too. The sooner you ditch the lies and the rubbish of negativity and unforgiveness, ooh, hallelujah, the more you're going to be just like Jesus. Next one, please. Okay, so here's the forgiveness cycle. And I know I haven't got time to go through it all, so I'm going to go through the first three. All right? We need to understand that to really become a forgiver and one who receives forgiveness, you need to go on a cycle. Like I say, it's not just forgive, but there's something that carries on and brings you into maturity. The first step that always begins wisdom is the fear of God. And we need to understand this. So that when you say, I can't forgive, no, 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 you're lacking the fear of God. The fear of God is the absolute crucial foundation for getting into forgiveness. So if you think you could never go to a person and ask for forgiveness, get a bigger fear into your life. Make fear of God your friend. Our next point, and I'll go through these in a moment, you need to find something. You see, if you're really going to rise up into who you already are, you need to find out who you are. I'm afraid there is spiritual amnesia in New Zealand. Who am I? Am I Arthur, Martha, Pam, Stan, or something in between? Hello? And this is really important because we have one of the highest youth suicide rates in the world. In God's own, in this beautiful country, what are we doing to ourselves? We don't know who we are. In fact, we are amongst the top three countries in the whole world on prescriptive antidepressants. In this place, whoa, give me this in Tanzania. Hello. Listen, happiness doesn't come from having all of the marshmallows. Happiness comes from knowing who you are and who is in you. Mm. That makes the difference. You are not an unforgiving person because Christ was never unforgiving. You couldn't be that person. It's impossible. So you need to find out who Jesus is, who you are in him, and what the faith of Jesus Christ is in you. Are you with me? Now this is the beginning. I mean, when you jump into this, you then don't have to screw up forgiveness. It's just there because the forgiver is resident in your life. And living life his way is just the way you want to do it. 
And number three, you need to forsake some things. Listen, you can't draw from two wells at once. It's just impossible. So decide whether it's going to be the bitter yakisuris that you drink or something much better. Hello? Are you with me? Because sewage makes you sick. And I tell you, unforgiveness certainly will. Certainly will. All right? And then we'll, we, we'll just touch on follow through. Because the Bible makes a very important thing that many Christians forget. Confrontation is important. Follow through requires confronting your own sin. But sometimes it requires helping a brother or sister step out of their negativity into the purity of Jesus Christ. And Jesus always puts confrontation with forgiveness. The Bible does. You can't have effective forgiveness if you're ignorant of what you've sinned about. Now am I speaking Japanese? You with me still? All right? So we just need to touch on a few things here. Let's carry to the next one. That our fear of God, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Hallelujah. Fear of God is not your enemy. Really, we need a reverential respect and fear of our Lord God. He is the almighty conqueror. He is the Lord of lords. He is the universal creator. Oh, don't think you're smarter than him. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on down. Number two, Psalm 130. If you, Lord, should mark iniquities, who could stand? But there is forgiveness with you that you may be feared. Listen, if you miss out on forgiveness, you've missed out on why you're here. Being a forgiver is at the core of who you are because Christ the Savior forgave us to bring us salvation. All right, next point, Luke 17, 10, and we'll touch on this, I hope. When you've done all these things which you're commanded, and he's talking about forgiveness, just say, we're unprofitable servants. We've only done that which we were commanded to do. Hallelujah. Now, let me tell you about that parable. The parable goes like this. Peter came to him and said, how many times should I forgive? Seven times. And Jesus, no, 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 no. Seventy times seven. And you know what they said? Increase our faith. Now, this is the great apostles who are building the church. And when he talks about forgiveness this way, they say, man, increase our faith. And Jesus tells them a story. Not about faith at all. He says, which of you having a servant working out in the field and is working hard all day, when he comes in at the end of the day, will then say to the servant, come, put up your feet, have a pipe, watch TV, I'll get you your beer. Hello? Which of you would do that? He says, of course you wouldn't. And so he says, when you've done everything, he will say, go to the kitchen and get me my food, prepare the evening now for me. So, he says, when you've done all those things which you're commanded, just say we're unprofitable servants. Listen, if you can't do it for any other reason, you do it out of fear of God. Hello? Not because you feel good, not because you feel you should put your feet up and have a Coke or a beer or something like this, but because the master is your ruler. Sometimes we need strong discipline in our life to make us the man or woman God knows we are. Hallelujah. We've been too marshmallow. And sometimes we just need to be put in direction so we can rise up to the fullness of our calling. Well, I hope you still like me. Okay. 
You know, fear of God is so important. When you sense that God's not on your side, that's rubbish. The fear of God will bring you wisdom. Great wisdom. Next one, please. Find faith and friends. Jesus was given so we could be forgiven. Now, this is amazing. Your forgiveness is so great. No angel could bring it. No human prophet could bring it. No demon could even imagine it. This forgiveness is so amazing. It required God himself to step into your life to present it to you. What a powerful forgiveness. Whoa, this is amazing. Now, the Bible says we have redemption through his blood and we have forgiveness. Saints, forgiveness and the blood go together. Your understanding of the cross is paramount here. You know, if you're really going to access forgiveness, you need to know what Jesus Christ did on the cross. What he actually forgave. What he has now doing inside of you. The cross is your door into the new man. I love the cross of Jesus Christ. Hello? We, so, we have such a negative view of the cross. Oh, I'm just bearing my cross for Jesus. It's so tough and so dusty. Man, I failed him yesterday. Failed him today. And I'm going to fail him tomorrow by his grace as well. We have such a negative viewpoint of the cross. But I want to tell you, the cross is your entry into the spirit world. The cross is your entry into spirit dynamics and spirit power. Where you leave the flesh, you leave your soul, and you come into the realm of the spirit. And your spirit starts to rule so you can be the man or woman of God that he's called you to be. Hallelujah. And it says you receive forgiveness and understand that now the door is open through the cross. That you can access these wonderful things. And just as I kind of wind this up, because I'm trying to keep time, all right, I want to talk again about that paralytic that I mentioned at the beginning in Luke 5, Matthew 9, and Mark chapter 2. Three times there. You know, this paralytic had no friends, it seems, except he found four people. And you need to realize God has put you with friends. And when you can't get to the place of your call, when you can't make it through... God has sovereignly put you in a circle of friends. God has put you in a family. Don't despise that family. Don't run away from it. Isolationist people are covering unforgiveness. Hello? They run. A sick sheep isolates themselves. Don't be like that, dear folk. Understand, God knows what you need, and he's actually giving you pallbearers, except you're not going to die. Hallelujah. He, who can carry you to your destination. When, this young man in those chapters was completely paralyzed. He couldn't do a thing. And when they came near to the door where Jesus was, they discovered that the legalists had blocked the door. The lawyers, the scribes, the Pharisees were all in the way saying, you can never get forgiven. You haven't performed according to our expectations. Hello? It's always been that way. Religion, the Pharisees, the scribes, the academics, you're not academic enough. And the, the, the uh, Sadducees and the others, the politicians, always saying, you haven't got enough from us. Blocking the way to Jesus. This is still the thing. I want to tell you, your for, getting forgiveness from God doesn't depend on your performance. It's got nothing to do with that. Forgiveness from God is just waiting for you in fullness right now.
And so when they came to the door and could find no way to get into the house, you know what the four friends, you know what it is. They found a way. It mightn't be the kosher way. <laughs> That's okay. It mightn't be the way you should really do it. But they found a way. They went up the stairs. Now, I want to tell you, think of that. There's this paralyzed guy on his, on his stretcher, and they start going up the stairs. And as they do, something whoosh, slips down again. That was hard work. You need to persevere until you reach to the top. Saints, don't let difficulties dissuade you. Don't let the uncertainties within you coax you out of what God wants to give. They went to the top. They took that high ground. And you know the story. They started breaking up the tiles on the top of the house because they had to see Jesus. I wonder what tiles are in front of you. Tiles of fear. Tiles of pride. Tiles of pornography. Tiles of shame. Tires of guilt. Drug addiction. Yeah, God could never forgive me. There's so much rubbish in my life. No, you don't. You need to break up those tiles. You need to smash them up. And if the dust and the concrete rains down on Jesus' head, let it rain. Let it rain. You cannot insult Jesus. He knows all about you. Hallelujah. You could never give him enough dust to cause him to run. Amen. And so he's waiting in that position so he can receive you with all of your rubbish and all waiting there for you until you make the hole so big that you have to let the whole of you down, not just part of you. Are you with me? Amen. God wants to see everything about you. Lie before Him. Let Him see that you're absolutely paralyzed. You have frozen. You can't move. You can't be the person He wants to be. The fear has gripped you. That something of unforgiveness is climbing hold of you. You know what He'll say? Rejoice, rejoice, rejoice because today your sins are forgiven. And as he pulls out that sting of unforgiveness or whatever it is, whatever it is, at that point, healing comes fresh to your life. The things that you thought you could never do, you will suddenly be able to do. Where you could never run before, now you will be leaping like a, a gazelle into new places. You see, being of someone who is forgiven makes you far more influential than what you could normally be. It makes you bigger than you are. Getting Jesus, the forgiver, into you suddenly swells you out to full capacity so that the Holy Spirit can now fill you up and make you a dyno dynamo for Jesus Christ. You might be a quiet dynamo. That's quite okay. Still a dynamo. Amen? You might be a thoughtful dynamo. Good, still a dynamo. Are you with me? Saints, where God has now got you is exactly where he wants you. And the Bible tells me this. You don't really have to climb anymore because he has seated you with Christ in the heavenly places. I want to tell you, I am not here. Hello? I'm not here. I'm there. That's where I live. That's where I am. Colossians 3, verses 1 to 3 says, Therefore, because I am raised up with Christ, developing a mindset, 
about living in the heavenlies. Saints, you've already been raised to the high place. Now it's time to find out who you are. Now it's time to receive the benefits and the fruit of being forgiven. So one more, oh, it's already gone, hallelujah, I don't need to go further. Are you with me in all of this? Saints, as the young man jumped up off the, off, off the floor and started running, rejoicing and shouting, the crowd said, we have never seen such things as this. And they gave God great glory who had given power, such power, to man. You and I have been given the power to set the captives free from unforgiveness. You and I will see many more healings as we put in unforgiveness to people, sorry, forgiveness into people's lives. And they too can become a responder and do the same again and again. I hope you've received something this morning of what God wants to do with us. Because as soon as you, you get this forgiveness thing sorted out, you can start to live as Christ. You don't have to fight. You don't have to gossip. You don't have to be snide. You, all of those things are history. You've got the forgiver inside. And everyone you look at is someone that you wish to bless. And you want to impart the life of Christ. Please stand. Please stand.